Sometimes you have to take baby steps before you can walk in most instances. So thank you for coming out. Thank you for taking access and however you got here. And in that same breath, if you did take access, I hope that your access ride uh, driver knows to pick you up around 12 noon because that's when we'll be um, finishing up our wonderful day. Today, you will be able to listen to and experiment with uh, different types of optical um, aids provided by Enhanced Vision, and you'll have the wonderful opportunity to listen to Dr. Bill Takeshita, who you've already had the sneak preview. I feel like we're on Oprah, and we're Oprah behind the scenes. So she'll be proud to know that we're carrying on her, her tradition. If you don't know about Braille Institute, we're a nonprofit organization that works with the visually impaired, low vision, totally blind, from birth to mature adult. So every service, if you're visually impaired, if you know someone who is visually impaired and would like to receive free services, let me say that again, free services, um, in hopes to rehabilitate individuals to regain their confidence, working in the community, um, being independent in their home, traveling, you name it, we probably can support you with. So give us a call, come on by, and we're more than happy to acquaint you with our services. I am going to, let me tell you other important things. Just because Dr. Bill is a wonderful speaker, I ask that you put your cell phones on vibrate. It will help you and it'll help us, if you don't mind. And then if you choose to, or need to use the ladies' or men's room, if you go out of the door and turn to your right, you leave the door and turn to your right, the tile, you'll be on a carpeted flooring, then you'll hit a tile flooring, the bathrooms are right past that area. The ladies will be, it's a little cove, so the ladies will be to the right and the, and the men's will be to the left. Okay, outside of that, I think that's all I need to say. I also get to introduce Dr. LaDonna Ringerling, and she just gave me this information about her, and I have to tell you, I'm cheating because I have two new lenses in. One is to see distance, and the other one is to see close. And my close, we're going to talk to my optometrist about it. <laughs> so it, I have astigmatism, so that astigmatism is, is messing with me. So Dr. LaDonna uh, Ringerling is the president CEO for the Center for the Partially Sighted, which you know as a comprehensive low vision rehabilitation clinic in Los Angeles and surrounding communities. She received her doctorate from the University of Southern California in the dual specialty areas of clinical psychology and gerontology. She's a licensed clinical psychologist. She has been with the Center for the Partially Sighted since 1978. And I just have to tell you that's the year I was born. <laughs> if you believe that, I have other things to sell you. <laughs> the year it was founded by uh, Dr. Sam Janinsky. If you had the pleasure of knowing Dr. Sam Janinsky, it's wonderful. I've been touched by a wonderful human being. Uh, she had the pleasure of working with Dr. Sam Janinsky when she was still a graduate student at USC. She has been at the center's, she has been the center's director since 1991. 
In addition to her administrative duties as executive director, she represents the center in national and state coalitions to address service and funding policies related to low vision. So I'd like to bring Dr. LaDonna to the stage. We go by Dr. Bill, Dr. LaDonna, Anita, <laughs> um, to, the, to the podium, and she will in turn let you know about what's going on for this morning. Good morning to all of you. It's good to see all of you this morning. And as Anita said, I know you came a long, some of you came a long way and had made, put out quite a bit of effort to get here. So we really appreciate your interest in what we can do for people with vision impairment. And we're very grateful to the Braille Institute for hosting and for Enhanced Vision for bringing out their equipment and introducing you to the latest in technology that they have to offer. Uh, we also have a table for the Center for the Partially Sighted to show you some of, just a small sampling of what we have to offer in our optometry department. We do have optometrists that will evaluate your remaining vision and work with whatever it is that you have and make, help you make the most of it through prescribed devices and also non-optical devices and assistive technology. We have offices throughout Los Angeles County, so we are trying to be more accessible to you. Our headquarters are in Culver City, but we also are located in Eagle Rock, Tarzana, and we have an office in Torrance. So we also do a lot of work in people's homes. We have occupational therapists, we have specialists, orientation mobility specialists, and we will take those to your place of work and your home and help you be independent in whatever ways that are relevant to you, whether that's at work, at school, or just functioning in your community. We also have a very large uh, psychosocial department, and that will include support groups, uh, telephone counseling, family resource program for our children's, parents of our children, and we have referrals to other wonderful resources in the community. So we try to address everybody's needs in great depth and with a team of professionals. One of those professionals that we're very proud of is the gentleman you've been hearing from a little bit this morning, uh, Dr. Bill Takeshta, and you'll be hearing more from Dr. Bill. He is a, an optometrist, as you all know. He started with the center back in the 80s, 1980s, and started our uh, low vision pediatric program. He's the chief of optometry at the Center for the Partially Sighted, and he's really developed our children's program where we see children from Los Angeles and six surrounding counties at this point. We're very proud of his expertise and his development in the area of assistive technology. He's now become a strong advocate for new developments in that area and has developed a lot of expertise, and I'm very proud to introduce Dr. Bill. Thank you. Thank you very, very much for coming this morning. And uh, this is a really great honor 
to be able to speak here in front of you, and it's one of the first collaborative efforts that we've had with Enhanced Vision, the Brown Institute, the Center for the Partially Sighted. So I'm very, very thankful to Enhanced Vision also for the wonderful breakfast and bringing all the staff here to make this happen. And also to Anita Wright for bringing all of her staff to open up the Braille Institute. What I wanted to talk about today is just to share with you a lot of the information about the medical advances in restoring vision. You know, I, like many of you, am very, very interested in all of the research that's out there. In 2004, Ironically, as an eye doctor, I developed my own eye disease to the retina, and I was forced to retire in 2004. But ever since that time that I retired, I really, really became interested in studying every aspect of the research that's available. And what I'm so pleased to share with you is that over the past five years, I have never seen as much changes in the field of medical research for vision impairment. You know, I've been in the field of optometry and vision care for over 25 years, but it's just this past five years that there are really things out there that are really giving a lot of hope. I mean, I really see that there is gonna be something very, very shortly that's gonna help so many people with vision impairment. And then we ask the question, why? Why do we think that there's so many changes happening over these past five years? Well, part of it is because the advances in science, computer technology. But I think that a great reason that there's so many advances happening now is because there are so many people who are becoming visually impaired. We know that there's about 10 to 12 million people in the United States who are visually impaired. And by 2020, which is only nine years away or so, we expect it to double. And this is because we know that the American population is aging. Age is the strongest predictor of vision impairment. And as these pharmaceutical companies and other sciences see, that there's gonna be a greater number of people with vision impairment, they realize that there's gonna be more and more people who need treatment. There's gonna be more people who need help. And as a result, the venture capitalists, these investors, are investing a lot of money to try to come up with different types of cures. One of the nonprofit agencies that is very involved with funding raise, uh, fundraising for research is the Foundation Fighting Blindness. And I just want to say a few words about them because it is with their hard work that they've been able to fund many types of research projects that have literally restored vision in people who are very visually impaired. And in October, Sunday, October 23rd at UCLA, there will be the Los Angeles Vision Walk. So if any of you would like to walk, or if you would just like to contribute and donate a dollar or five dollars or whatever that you can, it will be something that will definitely help all of us in this room. Now before we start to talk about some of these medical advances, I really want you to first get a little bit of an understanding about how vision works. Vision requires light from the environment and the light will come into the eye 
and then it will eventually focus on a tissue of the eye that is called the retina. Now many people have heard of the term the retina, but many people don't realize how complex the retina is. The retina, if you were to look at an actual retina, it looks like a piece of toilet paper. It's very, very thin and it's very delicate. And we can think of the retina very similar to a screen that we have on the wall at the movie theater. But the retina is a very interesting type of a movie screen because it is not just one layer, but it actually consists of 10 layers stacked on top of each other. So if we think of our toilet paper that we have at home, many toilet paper today is two ply or two layers, but the retina actually has 10 layers. And we know that for many different types of conditions, there may be a problem with one of those 10 layers. So when we understand that the retina is the tissue that is responsible for creating a signal of light and converting it to an electrical impulse, and that electrical impulse is then sent down a nerve that is called the optic nerve, and then it eventually reaches the very, very back of the brain. So when we have all of that understanding, we then have to think, how in the world is this retina made? If it's that complicated, how is it that the retina can develop in a newborn baby in that way? Well, the way that the cells of the retina are made is through what's called DNA. We've all heard of DNA and we've heard of genes and chromosomes, but all of these words basically mean that inside each cell of our body, we have this substance that's called the DNA. And what the DNA is, it's just like a cookbook. It's a cookbook that tells the cell what type of protein to make. And each of these different types of proteins that the cell makes, it will be responsible for a chemical reaction that might allow us to see, or it may be a chemical reaction that allows us to breathe, or it could be a chemical reaction that allows us to think. So every cell in the entire body has this DNA, and the DNA is always producing these different proteins, and these proteins will then eventually develop some of these different layers of the retina. So when we think about how is the eye formed, we know that the genes is very important. The genes are very important, again, because it produces the proteins. Now, what the biggest research that we have found over the past years is gene therapy. And what that means is that the scientists have been able to find out which gene is bad and what part of the gene is the reason that this person does not have normal vision. Let's say, for example, that we have a problem with gene number one, and gene number one makes a protein that makes one of the layers of the retina. Well, if that gene is incorrect, we're not going to have a normal layer on the retina, and that person may not see. So we see that with many different types of eye conditions, eye diseases, such as macular degeneration, retinitis pigmentosa, Stargardt's disease, Leber's amaurosis, there are so many different types of eye diseases that are related to the fact that the genes are not making the right protein. So you would say, 
well, why don't these scientists just go ahead and put in a new gene? Isn't that possible? And the answer is that even though it sounds very, very simple to do, it has taken many years to get to this level, and we can now say that this is something that is a reality today. It's amazing. It's such a blessing. And at this point in time, we now have identified over 171 bad genes that are causing different types of retinal disorders. So this is why many times your doctors, your retina specialists might be asking you to submit a blood sample so that they could send your blood in and they could do genetic analysis and try to find out is your problem with your vision due to one of these 171 faulty genes. Now, what they were able to do is that they were able to identify one of the first conditions, which is called Leber's congenital amaurosis. <coughs> Leber's is very similar to retinitis pigmentosa, and this is a condition that affects the cells of the retina. Now remember, we talked about how in the retina we have 10 layers. Well, one of those layers is called the layer of the rod and cone cells. And we know that for people with retinitis pigmentosa, the layer of the rod and cone cells, that cell of the retina is what is dying. Well, what the scientists did is that they actually were able to induce or create this disease in dogs. And then they did gene therapy. They took the normal gene and they injected it into the eyes of these dogs and they found that these dogs that were literally blind were then able to see. And there was one dog that was very, very popular and this dog's name was Lancelot. This dog was even at the point where you could throw a ball and Lancelot would catch a ball with his mouth. That's how good his vision was. He would go to Washington, D.C. and play with George Bush and really was something instrumental in getting a lot more research funding for this. And last year, they announced the results when they inserted the good gene inside children. It was at Children's Hospital in Philadelphia where there were children who had very, very poor vision. They couldn't see at night. They had very poor peripheral vision. They had difficulty even walking because of their vision. And the children who did receive the gene therapy where they injected the normal gene into the eye, their vision reversed. In fact, one of the boys, he even is able to ride his bicycle at nighttime, whereas in the past he had difficulty just walking without bumping into things. So this particular research that has been announced has shown that this gene therapy appears to be very, very safe and it seems to be very effective in restoring the vision. Now we're now finding that there's other studies where they have been able to identify some of the bad genes in some forms of macular degeneration and one in particular that is called Stargardt's disease. And shortly there will be clinical trials where the gene therapy will be performed on people with Stargardt's disease. So this is really, really exciting. Because like for me, a person who has a retinal condition, if they can find which gene of mine is defective, then it is possible that I can then have a healthy gene injected into my eyes and I may get my vision back at one day.
So I'm very, very encouraged. Another thing that we have found with the gene therapy in the recent years is that there are now genes that we know that produce certain types of proteins or factors that keep the cells of the retina healthy. So one of the things that can be done is that gene therapy can be performed, and this is what is called neuroprotective. What that means is that by producing that gene in the eye, it will keep the cells of the retina healthy, and it could slow down or even stop deterioration of vision. Because for many people who have retinal problems, we find that the vision starts to deteriorate quite quickly. But with this type of gene therapy, this is another way that we could slow down progression. A third really, really interesting type of research that was announced at the ARVO meeting, this is a huge meeting that happens once a year where a lot of research is being announced. But what they found was that they were able to use the genes of an amoeba. And when they use this type of blue-green algae amoeba, they found that this particular gene was something that could potentially replace the function of the dead photoreceptor cells. In other words, in many people who have eye conditions such as macular degeneration and retinitis pigmentosa, the rod and cone cells of the retina that are able to receive the light and convert it into an electrical stimulus, that those cells are dead. But we know that there are still nine other layers of cells in the retina. We said initially there are 10, but we know that in these diseases, the rod and cone photoreceptor layer is dead. So what some of these scientists did is they said, what if we were to do genetic engineering and we implant this gene and can we cause some of the other layers of the retina to be able to receive light and send that electrical signal? So they have done this on animals, and with these laboratory animals that were totally blind, they found that by injecting that gene, a different layer of the retina gained the ability to absorb light and send signals and see. So the gene therapy is really very, very exciting, and this is gonna be something that will help millions of people in the future. Now another possible cause that people may have reduced vision can be because of inflammation. We know that there's times that the eye might become swollen or inflamed. For example, with many people who have diabetes, they often suffer from very, very reduced vision due to something that is called macular edema. This is when the very center part of the retina, the part of the retina that gives us detailed vision, is very, very swollen. Now with macular edema, we now have new tools available so that the doctors, we can identify if there is inflammation or swelling in that part of the retina right away. We can do that in a matter of one to two minutes using a test that's called the OCT. Now this is a real major breakthrough because when the ophthalmologists see this type of swelling in the macula, we now know that there are different types of steroids that can be used and these steroids will reduce that swelling and a person's vision can really improve significantly. I had a gentleman who had called me frantically. He said, you know, I can't see why I have to drive anymore. He had diabetes, we took a look, 
We could see that he had inflammation or swelling in the macula. So we referred him to a retina specialist and he injected a steroid into the eye called Kenalog. And the next day, his vision improved to 20-25. He was just elated. And this was something that was very, very healthy and very helpful for him. But he said, you know, I really don't enjoy having this needle stuck in my eye, but it does really improve my vision. And we now have some new advances where there is actual a way to implant a little type of capsule inside the eye and it slowly releases that type of steroid so that the person doesn't have to have that type of injection all the time. So with diabetic retinopathy, we see a major improvement in vision by the use of these types of steroids. We also now know that we can help people with diabetes who have leaky blood vessels. For most people with diabetes, their vision starts to become very poor when the blood vessels are leaky. When the blood is leaking into the eye, it doesn't let the light focus through it very well. You could imagine, what if you were inside your car and suddenly it started to fill up with red smoke inside your car. Well, it would be very hard to see out of the car because you had all this red smoke. And that red smoke is really what we would think of as the blood that fills up into the eye. Well, there's a procedure that's called a vitrectomy and that has been around for a long time. It's almost sort of like analogous to vacuuming out some of that blood. But there's new techniques where they can use even smaller types of needles and they could remove that type of blood from the vitreous much, much easier. And this is something that really improves the vision. Another thing that we have found is that we can also inject other medications that are called Avastin and Lucentis into the eyes of people with diabetes, and that could stop the blood vessels from growing. By stopping the blood vessels from growing, we don't get blood that's leaking, and this is something that also can really, really help people who have the diabetic retinopathy. Now, what about with macular degeneration? What have we learned about the medical advances there? Well, again, we find that there are two different forms of macular degeneration. The most common type is what is called dry macular degeneration, and this is when the cells within the macula, they become damaged, but we now know through different studies that we can use antioxidant vitamins through the age-related eye disease studies. They found that there were certain types of vitamins that people with macular degeneration can take and it would slow the progression of the disease down. So now many people with dry macular degeneration are asked to do a few things. Number one, take these vitamins and these vitamins are categorized into two ways. There is one formula for smokers, and the other is for non-smokers. The reason for this is that if people who smoke take the wrong formula, it can increase their chances of developing lung cancer. We know that beta-carotene is something that is dangerous for people who smoke. So we have two different formulas of these vitamins, and this is something that helps many people with macular degeneration. The second thing is that we also tell people not to smoke. People who smoke are many, many, many more times likely to develop macular degeneration. We also see that there's other types of treatments where we can now use stem cells. Now a stem cell is usually a cell that is almost like a wild card if you're playing cards or poker. 
It's a cell that can become a hair cell, or it could become a heart cell or a lung or a kidney cell, and it could also become part of the eye. And the scientists have been able to perform different types of treatments to these stem cells, and they have been able to produce one of the layers of the retina called the retinal pigment epithelium. Now remember, we said there's 10 layers on this retina, and the retinal pigment epithelium is an important layer because that is the layer that brings in nutrients or food for the retina, and it takes out the waste. Now with many people who have dry macular degeneration, the retinal pigment epithelium is not functioning normally, and the stem cells really are giving us a lot of hope that we could implant the stem cell and it can then become the retinal pigment epithelium. The second cause of macular degeneration is related to the leaky blood vessels underneath the retina, and this is called wet macular degeneration. Now this is not as common, but it is quite devastating <coughs> because people's vision may change immediately, overnight. One of the things that you can all do to protect your eyes is that you should test your vision each day. Cover one eye and look at a line. It could be a line from a vertical blind or a horizontal blind, or you could just get graph paper, or you could ask your doctor for this type of a grid. But look at it with each eye, and if you ever see that the lines become wavy, that may indicate that one of these blood vessels have broken underneath your retina, causing things to be wavy. Well, in the past, the ophthalmologist used to use laser to stop the bleeding. But think of this, if we are at the movie theater and we got a torch and we had to try to solder one of the pipes behind our movie screen, what would it do to the screen? It would leave a big hole in it where we burnt it. So we now have medications that are called Avastin and Lucentis that can be injected into the eye and they have been very, very effective in stopping the bleeding and it has also, in many cases, reversed the person's visual acuity. So many times after the treatment, they can see much better. Now the negative about that is that you usually have to have an injection once every month, or even once every three weeks. And people really don't like having a needle poked in their eye. So we have now found that there is a new particular type of factor that is called VEGF trap. And this is something that can be used as a medication. And when VEGF trap is used, we find that people do not need to have the injections as frequently. So these medications, the Avastin and the Lucentis, they last longer. They work longer in the eye so that people don't have to have these injections quite as frequently. So we're seeing that many, many people with macular degeneration, they are really being helped by a lot of these different types of treatments. Now another thing that we think is a cause of macular degeneration is that sometimes we feel that our own antibodies, which are the things that we have in our body that attack foreign invaders, germs and bacteria, that these particular types of antibodies, they attack our own tissues itself. And this is something that is called the complement factor. So the scientists have been able to find that they may be able to alter the genetics so that the complement system doesn't attack the own tissues of the retina, and this is another way that we can prevent further vision loss. 
We also have another type of a treatment for macular degeneration, and this is what is called neuroprotection. There is a type of a factor that's called the ciliary neurotrophic factor, and this is a type of a factor or a hormone that can be injected into the eye, and it keeps the tissues within the retina healthier. What they've done is they've been able to incorporate a small capsule that's about the size of a grain of rice, and it will constantly release these factors, and it has been helpful in keeping the tissues of the retina healthier in people with macular degeneration. So you can see there's many, many different types of treatments that have come about for people with both wet and dry macular degeneration, and they even have one where they're using bare bile. Can you believe that? They're using bare bile as an antioxidant to try and maintain the health of the retina. Now the last thing that we'll talk about is retinitis pigmentosa, because there are many people who have retinitis pigmentosa, and with retinitis pigmentosa, we are finding that more and more of these forms of retinitis pigmentosa are due to different types of genetic factors. So these people are in fact, they are a good candidate for the gene therapy, and there is also something that is called valproic acid. With genetic conditions, there are different causes. Sometimes it's called a dominant gene, other times it's a recessive gene, other times it's sex-linked. But one of them that is more devastating is called the dominant gene. And valproic acid is one of the different types of medical treatments that is now being investigated to help people who have the dominant form of retinitis pigmentosa. Also in retinitis pigmentosa, a group over here at USC and in Silmar, California called Second Sight, they have been successful in surgically implanting an electrode behind the eye, and a person would wear a pair of glasses that has a miniature camera. And by wearing these glasses, the camera sends a signal to the chip that is behind the retina, and the retina is then going to send a signal to the brain, and people who have been blind are able to have usable vision to help them with walking. They can identify a cup versus a mole, and they have been able to identify some of the larger letters and numbers. So this is something that has truly restored vision in people who have been blind. And more recently this year, a German company has produced their own type of chip that does not even require a camera. They claim that they have been able to help people with retinitis pigmentosa with this implant to regain vision, and that the quality of their vision they report is even higher than that of the second sight chip. So as you can see, there's many, many different types of advances. We've got the stem cells, we have gene therapy, and all of these things are here. Now you would then ask, well, where can I get this done for myself? You may be a candidate for some of these types of clinical trials, and you want to ask your ophthalmologist if you are a candidate. If you want to research more about this, there is a website that's called clinicaltrials.gov where you could find out more about the different types of research that's being done. And there's also going to be another program that is coming up quite soon, and this will be at UCLA's Jewel Science Eye Institute, 
where they will be discussing all of these different types of clinical trials that are related to macular degeneration. That is going to be on Saturday, September 24th at the UCLA Jolstein Institute. And this is funded again by the Foundation Fighting Blindness. But what other things can we do right now to help with our vision? I know that for myself that when I had the diagnosis of my condition, I really thought that my, my life was really over. I couldn't see well enough to drive. I couldn't see well enough to read. I couldn't see well enough to even sign a check. I didn't know what I would do with my time. You know, all of my friends were working. I didn't know what I could do because all I did all my life was study to become an eye doctor. But I then soon learned that there was something that is called adaptive technology. And through the adaptive technology, it was something that really gave me a new light. It was where I realized that I could again read. I could perform research. And before I knew it, I had the motivation to go back and start a new career. I actually used a device that was called a video magnifier. I bought something that was called the Merlin video magnifier. And this was a device that allowed me to read again. I started to investigate different types of research about vision, and I was able to do it by using the Merlin. Soon, I then started to branch out and I developed a consulting business, and later, I then started to do work as an expert witness in malpractice cases. With this machine, I was able to read. I was able to write. I was able to do correspondence. You know, there was really nothing that I couldn't do. I would repair broken things around the house. I would put it underneath this machine, change the magnification, and I could fix things. I would actually take old coins, and I just, you know, had nothing to do. I would take coins and look at them underneath the machine, and I started to polish coins. I then took all the photographs I had, you know. As a Japanese guy, I love taking pictures, you know. We always do that. <laughs> I took hundreds and hundreds of pictures of my kids. And I said to myself, I'm taking all these pictures because one day my wife June and I, when we're old, we're going to look at every one of these pictures and we're going to smile. And I said, you know what? I don't know how much longer I will ever be able to have vision to look at these photos. One day I decided I'm going to look at every one of them photos. And I put every one of them photos underneath that CCTV Merlin. And it was something that was just so enjoyable. I tried to burn in every one of these pictures into my mind. Because I knew as a doctor, I knew there would be a day that I'd be totally blind. And even though the Merlin and all of these other types of video instruments really allowed me to do so many different things, what was most worth it was to be able to look back at some of these photographs of you know friends and family. And what I found is that all of this type of technology, you know, as a low vision optometrist, I have been trained to design glasses to help people such as us to see again. And I have learned how to use magnifiers and colored tinted lenses and filters and all of these other types of optical aids to help people to see better again. But for me, if I had to say, if I could only have one device to help people with low vision, 
to read, to write, to see, to identify their medications, to read the recipes on that brownies box, it would be the video magnifier. And I encourage all of you today to go and look at all this technology that's out there because it can give you a new life. For those of you who say, these are things that are so expensive, how could I ever afford it? I know that some of you that I met today are part of the VA. Talk to the VA. The VA often will pay for these types of devices for you. We've had other people who are living alone and they can't pay their bills. They can't do the things they need to do because they can't see. And we have found that there's other foundations. The Inspiration Foundation. Change of Life Foundation. And even in some cases, the Department of Rehab have been able to help people. I know that here at Royal Institute, we also have many people who often think that this is something that they cannot use. They think their vision is too poor to be able to use this kind of technology. But with the newer technology, people can have magnification up to 85 times and you could see things that you wouldn't be able to see with any kind of optical magnifier. So in closing, what I basically want to just share with you is to say that we are all extremely fortunate to be here today. Just the fact that we could be visually impaired on September 17, 2011, this is really not something that's just a bad piece of luck. But we should think of it that we're really very fortunate because there has never, ever been a better time in the history of man to be visually impaired as compared to now. We have technology that will help many of you to be able to see again today. And we have new research that's going to restore a lot of our vision in the near future. So if any of you ever have any questions or you want to shoot any ideas, I urge all of you to give me a call. I'm going to pass out my business card here. Or you could email me. And my email address is Dr. Bill Foundation. That's D-R-B-I-L-L Foundation at gmail.com. So thank you very, very much. At this time, I'd like to introduce to you Mr. Mark Ruggett from Enhanced Vision, who is responsible for putting on this program today. He has a real, real nice uh, treat and surprise here for all of us. Mark? Mark, round of applause. Mark. He's going to sing us all a song today. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Bell. I definitely appreciate it. Hi, everyone. How are you doing today? Great. That's great. I wanted to thank you so much for coming out. Um, we are so excited and so grateful and so blessed to have Dr. Bill and Center for Partially Sighted in our lives. And wanted to thank him and Center for Partially Sighted for partnering with us 
and uh, Dr. Nagatani. So everybody give Dr. Bill and CBS a round of applause, please. We want to thank you for coming today. Um, a few things. Um, how many people are familiar with Enhanced Vision? All right. All right. <laughs> we know Dr. Bill. <laughs> Uh, obviously, we're an American company. We manufacture everything in Huntington Beach. Uh, very, very proud of that. Um, and what we want to do today is we want to obviously do two things. Uh, one, you all saw the machines we have out there. Uh, a little bit different. Uh, we're actually going to be doing a big discount. So if anybody is interested in any of our products, uh, we'll be giving anywhere from three to $600 off any individual product. So uh, if you are interested, today is the time to buy. This is a, a one-time deal. Uh, and it's all courtesy of Dr. Billy twisted my arm. So. <laughs> Uh, also, um, when you walked in, um, you did obviously sign up to win. Uh, we're giving two $50 gift cards away, and we're going to go ahead and do that drawing right now. Dr. Bill, if you do the honor, just stick your hand right in there. Ouch. <laughs> All right. Okay. And Mary Ash. Mary, there she is. All right. And it's going to be, it's a $50 gift card, so she can go anywhere she wants. Yes. And, uh, and Jerry's right in the back there, so she'll that to you. Round of applause for Mary, everybody. All right, and we've got one more. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Dr. Bill. Oh, you put your name in it. Big, 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 Benedina Garcia. Benedina Garcia? There she is. All right. Round of applause for Ms. Garcia. All right. Uh, again, I want to thank you so much for coming out today. Um, again, thank you so much to Dr. Bill and Center for Partially Sighted and, and Anita at Braille. Um, thank you so much. We, we value partnership. Round of applause for Anita at Braille, please. We value the partnership and relationship we have with Braille and the Center for Partially Sighted, and we're so grateful and thank you so much for parting parting with us and uh, you know sharing our vision of helping helping people. So thank you very much. Round of applause. Thank you, Dr. Bell. And one last thing, of course, we're doing the uh, the big. Uh, the big giveaway, not so to speak giveaway, but uh, the discount outside. So if you are interested in any of our products, um, we'll demonstrate them there for you. And then again, uh, up to $600 off with each individual product. So thank you.
Okay, well, thank, thank you again, everybody, for attending. And uh, I encourage you all to take a look at uh, the exhibit booths out there, Center uh, for the Partially Sighted Enhanced Vision. And uh, take a look and see some of those things that are available. That's a very, very unheard of uh, type of uh, courtesy discount that you're offering. So thanks again, and have a great day, everybody. Thank you.